I, you can cut this out if it's not interesting. Today, This American Dice presents the finale of our playtest of Demi-Humans, a game by Robert Bowl and an Evil Hat Games production. Viscous is behind bars, and Tane is on the other side. Meanwhile, Gree must decide what to do with a now contrite adventurer, one of the very group that had tried to take Gree's child. And is Sir Keys truly reborn? Find out what happens today on the conclusion of Demi-Humans from This American Dice. The squalid world you live in was once a far finer place. The Golden Age was a time of unparalleled wonders. It was ruled by those who came before. Until the humans rapidly expanded into the lands of other peoples, stealing those secrets not freely shared. In time, they sought to expand by conquest rather than friendship. The Imperium rules over lands that non-humans made fertile during the Golden Age. In their conquered cities, we live in enclaves, ghettos we've been driven into by local law, districts with limited sovereignty, sections that humans have abandoned and are too scared to enter. But in the places they let us live, we do our best to thrive. And though the humans call us demi-humans, half-humans, we build community together. Gree, this uh, the stranger in the grove. Although when I guess when you kind of crawl back on shore, evolution style, um, this is like you described, like a way more vibrant, full of life kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and probably coming in from the other the other entrance, right? Because the the main entrance that we know is the lab is kind of uh, guarding it. So maybe mm-hmm. from the the long entrance that we saw the last couple sessions. Um, all this animal life, like you, like how is it, like rabbits and stuff? Is it deer? Like how how big are we going? Probably deer's too big, but yeah, just somehow other like small animals have found like small uh, passages in the cave system and just gotten in. Yeah, I love it. So it's it's really vibrant. There's probably like vines going up the 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 walls of this mm-hmm. cave and stuff. I'm, I'm thinking. Sure. And. Uh, the, the new troll, the chrysalis, is yeah. kind of suspended spoke style in the middle of the pool again. Right. And is the chrysalis in the pool or is it above the pool? No, it's like surface level, like half underwater, half above. Okay. So like floating and then the these vines kind of reached it to help yeah. it. Yeah. So this person, um, this kind of martial artist that we described before is kind of there you notice he has like some kind of like a staff maybe that's over his uh like i'm imagining like the lotus position you know like his knees are out it's donatello meditating i think we yeah know exactly what, we're, what you're describing mm-hmm. he's like oh we have much much to discuss is what he said what's your reaction what do you do agree well i think my reaction is like well clearly this guy's been sitting here I didn't notice him before he could have done basically whatever he wanted and he chose to sit here mm-hmm. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt um, but I'm sure he's surprised right crawling out of the water and then just boom there's this guy that last time I saw him or last time I saw anybody he was in here trying to steal 
the chrysalis. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, what? <laughs> Discuss. And he kind of um, slowly stands up. And maybe he does, like, do the bow thing. Like, bows mm-hmm. to you. Like, probably, like, halfway, you know, like, 90-degree angle. Comes back up. And just, like, a, a master troll. I'm so sorry that we've disturbed this area. I did not know that you were living here. And my companions made a grave, terrible mistake. And honestly, it's my responsibility. I should have not let it get to that point but we had a terrible misunderstanding and I I beg your forgiveness hmm well oh this isn't good do you want to try to read him or? yeah I <laughs> uh-huh. guess that's not good but yes <laughs> um okay turns into a nine you didn't have um your thing highlighted, did you? No. Dang. Dang. So bad at highlighting, or rolling or highlighting things. But it's fine. But you get some questions, at least. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is this the... Yeah, can of soul. Nine, I hold one. I would like to know... What passion rules your heart right now? Friends are dead. Why did you come back? Oh, good. Yeah, I think he, uh, let's see, the passion that rules his heart, I think, is that he's remorseful and he's trying to help his friends, I think. Um, and he says, um, I, oh, what was the last thing you said? Sorry. Uh, your friends are dead. Why'd you come back? Right, yeah. He says, um, well, I, Master Troll, I did want to apologize, like I said, and they made terrible decisions, but I think, um, if, if you will help me get their bodies back, there's a way for us to, to bring them back, and I'll make sure that they understand the error of their ways. And make sure that this this never happens again. I did not know that this um, new this this babe, he'll say, was uh, was already cared for. We were trying to bring it to safety. I did not know that trolls were even still in these parts. And if we had known, we would not have tried to take it. And I deeply, deeply apologize. Cree wears hat, but Cree's still troll. Everyone knows. <laughs> Humans lie and kill. Cree doesn't trust your friends. And he, he kind of uh, nods and he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. And he kind of maybe takes a step forward or maybe just totally walks up to you. I don't know the distance here, but he kind of walks up to you and kind of puts his hand out. And he's like, 
I am human. My name, I wrote it down. My name <laughs> is Puan. Puan with a P? Puan, mm-hmm. Very different. Mm-hmm. And he puts his hand up to you and he says, I'm human and I apologize for us, but I'm a visitor here. I did not know of you or your hats. And if you will help me bring my friends back, I will make sure that they never make this mistake again. We were here for a specific reason and it was my fault that we took this young troll under our protection. We should have waited. Dead friends also make no mistake. I'm gonna take his hand that he's offered. Yeah. And lift him up by it. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I just, I'm going to see Viscous, going to the lab. So I'm just going to carry this guy by the arm. Yeah. (laughs) To go with me. Mm, Awesome. This is kind of great because I, I mean, the best thing to happen here is you go into up into the lab and it's just chaos. This is after, like we're playing with time here a little bit, but Mm -hmm. this is like the entire place is ransacked, destroyed, basically nothing's left. Like it's torn down, everything's taken out, like I said. And um, Puan does not uh, resist when you carry him (laughs) out, but uh, he's not too happy about it, you can easily tell. So I, there's nobody here? There's just nothing? Yeah, I think it's like rubble now, right? At this point, um, hold on, it's rubble or it's like the police came in and violently tore up the place? I think it's, um, let's see, I think the equivalent would be this, I don't know, Dunkin' Donuts is a, a mob hangout. We're gonna get make sure that no one can use it again. Mm. Does that make sense? So it's yeah, I get like, your reference. My my question to you is this: um, If Tane is the one that gave the information, this this is where my technicality is, right? Were they searching for more anti-human stuff because of the book that I had, or? Were they limited to, this all looks like science, and just destroyed science? Because that's two different levels of destruction, right? Because there's one thing to be searching for more reasons to put me in jail, and one to just go, we got the basics, time to put you under arrest. Which would, which do you say is... I think it's more, I think the former you're saying, like, they're looking for things to make sure that there's a legal case to kill you basically yeah okay. or to lock you up for the rest of your life or kill you so i actually think it would be more organized then it is messy it is trash but you can tell somebody rifled through this and said nope i need more yeah i think they're like they pull a tube out and like for nose and not anus just throw it on the floor it's like this doesn't help us <laughs> only anal away. tubes in our lives yeah and just throw stuff up but so, yeah. only anal tubes would have helped us in court <laughs> it was my lawyer Jeez. The plaintiff. He requires anal tubes. Meanwhile, the defendant. He has tubes in his nose. 
What a scene. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, agree. That's what you walk into. I think you know that it's usually it's usually probably like yeah. Do you want to actually bubble, describe right? it? Like this yeah. is your lab, right? I don't yeah, wanna... yeah. Um, so um, Marat has his own corner, and in that corner, it's more like steampunk metal, sound vibrating, no magic. That's what he does in that corner. Um, and then Akram has like a sleepy, beautiful like. He has one of those, what are those things called? A hammock. A hammock. There's like a whole thing. But he is actually doing stuff over there. He's also got sketches of his wife, dead wife. Oh, you know, but But yeah, he's like all that kind of stuff. Um, And then Tanha actually has like, you have to like go down a hallway and there she has her own like space. Um, But unfortunately, the boys just use it for messages, even though she's Mm. actually doing science back there. Mm -hmm. Um, But hers is more earthy. Because she actually, like with me, wants to figure out the the breathing and the, you know, we got to survive in here kind of yeah. deal. Um, but she's made of tougher stock than the rest of us, being yeah. half orc. Yeah. So she actually has some, like, she collects orc paraphernalia. So, like, anything that, like, a giant thing. So it looks like cool. she's got weapons and stuff, but that's not what they're for. So, yeah, just, there's, like, maybe, like, these jars of different things yeah. that look like weapons, but... Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more like, strange orc paraphernalia. Yeah. Um, where she's like, cool, this is part of my culture that I don't know. You yeah. Know, it's like, it's oh, a sweet spearhead. Here's mm-hmm. a jagged dagger. Yes. But it's, like, it's that kind of stuff. Orc, question mark? Right, yes. Yeah, cool. She, she's definitely researching it. This one's actually a bludgeoning musical instrument. Oh, perfect. <laughs> this is what I like. Das Lut, anyone? Um, <laughs> yeah, cool. So yeah, cool. This, this, is, yeah, this is kind of what Bree's uh, seeing. Mm-hmm. So, but completely abandoned. And, like, there's no beakers ransacked. bubbling, which yeah. is weird. Beakers of bubbling. The musical <laughs> arts. Beakers of bubbling that would be the musical that Viscous <laughs> is about Viscous. <laughs> Very good. Beakers of bubbling. I love it. Redeeming my improvement. Mm, very nice. I want to. Um, I want to turn around, or put this guy down. Mm-hmm. A little bit roughly. Yeah. Like I'm not settling him down gently. Ooh, do the, you do you just drop him from where you are, or do you just like kind of like? I kind of want to like swing him just enough that as I lay him down, he has to land on his butt. Like, there's just like no time for him to get his footing. As I lay him down. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna let that happen. But just to um, drive home how much of a crazy martial artist he is, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this might have break, broken somebody's like tailbone, but he's just like he falls slower than he should and kind of yeah. just like okay. skids back. Yeah, you're throwing Jackie Chan down. Jackie so Chan's gonna be fine. He rolls with it a little bit. Yeah. He probably could have put up a better fight, but he's been going along. And his staff is probably down in your thing still. Okay. Oh, so he doesn't have the staff at this point? Yeah, probably not, right? Because you just grabbed him, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe he's holding his other hand. I don't know. Up to you. Well, yeah, because then wouldn't Gree not have his tree trunk, if we think about it like that? Yeah, I guess you're right. So there's probably... So no one has... No weapons. Big... uh... Wooden staff. But it's okay. We're in a gnome. There's plenty of yeah, shit. Yeah, I pick up a piece of destroyed lumber. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here's my tree now. Yep. New tree? Um, and I, I am actually going to use it to stand up to my full height yeah. and look yes. over back Uh-oh. down at him. Yeah. And present, nice move, huh? present a compelling enigma. Yes. Rolling Monks hate Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably their jam. Uh, I'm going to present a Demiurge character with a vexing riddle or cryptic piece of information in order to try to change their life permanently. Nothing go wrong. So I got a nine. 
Very good. Will become an obsession in their life, pushing out all else. So here is my my vexing riddle or cryptic piece of information. Yep. Death and life are a knotted loop that only a fool unravels. So I would like to have She either changes drives, right? The NPC drives? Yeah. Um, I didn't get a 10 plus to have them become a friend of mine, but it does become an obsession in their life, pushing out all else. Work with the Demiurge to devise the character's new primary impulse. I think it was my idea was like to protect the circle of life, was the idea. Ooh, very nice. Um, so kind of like the idea of protect this chrysalis, this baby troll, proto-troll, among other things, but give up this silly idea about trying to resurrect your dead companions. They have to die for energy to continue flowing forward. <coughs> yeah, so like they're already dead, so... How would you like to, to word the drive? Um, protect the sanctity of the circle of life. So, yeah, I come out, I see this rubble, just like, like, well, what am I going to do with this guy? Because I could just, like, smash him, maybe, but I don't love just smashing everybody. But if I just let him go, mm. I don't know that I really trust him. Um, I mean, he seems like a nice guy and all, but I don't know that our goals align. So let's, let's have a little conversation. <laughs> With some troll magic instead. Yeah. Um, and then I'll kind of say that to him. I don't know if he reacts immediately, but... Yeah, I think his eyes just grow wide and his, um, kind of thinks on this for a moment and is, just uh, looks up at you and just... Um, I don't think I understand what you mean, but it is profound. I'll have to meditate on this but my companions I have the magics to return them I just need parts of their body I, they, they were just mistaken they just had in the wrong place at the wrong time they had we didn't have the full knowledge I should they be punished for this I feel like they've rescued me when I needed them and it's my job to rescue them There's no punishment, only consequences. You meditate tomorrow. Today, walk with Gree. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. Um, man. He did call him master. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, he kind of stands up, dusts himself off, and just, um, like, yes. Oh, I will walk with you. Um... We, we were only here for, for selfish reasons to begin with. And maybe it is the consequence that they have to live with or die with now. That we disturb this, the sanctity of your pool without knowing. 
and what Austin player of team was this uh, treasure that these uh, treasure hunters this dwarven treasure in particular that they were after um, oh uh, just to bring the full circle it's the hammer that Tane has oh nice Does that? Yeah. did you name that hammer I forget I did not name that hammer I will name it right now it's the meteoric hammer, though, right? Yeah. Molochukir. Molchchukir? Molochukir. <laughs> and that's, again, just the Swedish and Russian. Swedish hammer is just hammer. So Molochukir. Molochukir. Is the, uh, is what humans humans call it, the Molochukir. They can't pronounce it as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's the what Molotokir. you The Molochukir. Yeah, the Molochukir. Mm -hmm. The Molochukir. The, <laughs> the ancient, uh, hammer that's destined to the only thing that can break this stone that we need to pass through. We need it to it, it's our own quest and we shouldn't have involved your your things in, in ours in our quest. It's their own fault and mine ultimately. Do you want the mushroom? <laughs> and he's like, he kind of rubs his chin. Oh, and he probably has a shaved head. He rubs the top of his head and he's like, is this a, is this a, a test? <laughs> yeah, I'm reaching into like my bag of mushrooms and literally just hand him a mushroom. It's just a normal mushroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he kind of stares at it for a minute. And we, like, will he bite it? Will he not? keys though last we left you you woke up and woke up from the blood of your um husband your, yeah your husband mm -hmm. he was your first love right no mm -hmm. okay her van was her van was that's right her mm. was the one who uh oh yeah interesting her was the one who kind of uh betrayed you you thought mm -hmm. for a bit she was kind of in the doghouse yeah and blight the blighted doghouse at this point mm -hmm. but you kind of wake up um, naked, fierce, full of blood, covered in blood. I'm full naked, and covered. I'm fierce, I'm full of blood. <laughs> my tagline. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, my, it's my stomach tattoo, says. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's actually across my neck. <laughs> Damn. It's several paragraphs. Yeah. <laughs> it's my no regrets. Yeah. Like I fucking spelled the tattoo wrong. Oh, no regrets. Oh, <laughs> no regrets, no <laughs> So yeah, what I mean, what do you do after that? Kind of all the I think we described all the servants were there. Are we zooming ahead to like now you're clothed back in uh? Uh, well, they're not really servants; they're just other elves that actually live there. Yeah, I feel to you, like according to your station, they're like we'll do anything you tell them to. Yeah, I mean they're they're. They're here to help me. But yeah. They're not servants just in general. They're yeah. still, like, better than... Oh, for sure. ...other people. They won't even look at a human. Oh, oh, I just thought of it. You Get know. me my quail! Just... <laughs> <laughs> the light will be around um, soon. Where's the quail, man? 
Right. <laughs> Doug Funny. Uh, and then, uh, so basically, um, she rises from the blood and everyone is just super shocked and very disturbed by this scene because his body is now on the floor. Uh, but nobody wants to necessarily say anything because she is like the supreme like warrior. Yeah. Oh, and, and one thing to point out too is I think the deathless thing says um, when elves die, they kind of their body kind of disintegrates as it their soul moves on, almost in, like there's no body left behind, but his stays. It's persistent, whoa. lifeless. Mm. Oh, so not a lot of elves have seen an elf corpse. Yeah. Mm. Or elf regeneration. Because mm-hmm. that's not normal either. Yeah. Yeah. And for sure, yours, when you died, it must have disintegrated because mm-hmm. you went to the, the pathway, at least, to the next world. Mm-hmm. But this is your new body. Yep. New hot body. Mm-hmm. Um, the same one. It's, mm-hmm. It was just it's, as hot. It's it like you're 150 hot. again. Covered. Ooh. Do you look exactly the same? That's a uh, good question. Well, I think I've already established that like I have the scar and the sparkly finger on my left hand um you know and so she has like that kind of um still like renewed sexy you know very like uh i mean not hate that idea but it's true like now i'm 150 again you know look at me i'm fucking tight bodied and i look (laughs) i look super good again i got this massive paragraph tattooed across my neck yes i got this no regrets no regrets all over my body um yeah the big old quail across my back you know oh shit okay (laughs) we're here in the elf yakuza (laughs) (laughs) just really really with it um and then I look at all of the other elves that are around, and I tell them in my nudeness. Oh, I think they all just, like, take a knee, too. And they're just, like, right, they ready for you to yeah. and command I would, them. Yeah, and I would literally just look at them and just say, um, uh, you know, take this body back to my chamber and um, get me some new fresh robes. It's I need to... Uh, I need to go get Glint, and everyone needs to stay inside. Mm-hmm. So and they just like is, scramble, yeah. Everyone is ordered to do something. They all scramble. A bunch of them, you know, at least six of them, because he's very big. So carry Bereth back into my room. Um, a few of the lady elves come and get me clothes, and then I run downstairs to get Glint. Can I ask a question? Since it's your new body and you're 150 now, do you used to have like your mom's hair and you changed it? So now you have like your mom's big old like thing right now? You don't have a haircut because it's a new body. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to get a visual. Her hair was already like super long anyway and it was right. like black. Right. So, I mean, I could see it definitely like having like a, yeah, like just like just down and crazy, you know, mm-hmm. and out and has that like big blue streak that her mom may have. Right, mm-hmm. right. But, you know, it would still be like, like a super glistening, glittery version yeah. of the her that was before. Yeah, I love that. Like, that's cool. Freshly showered and shaved and like, <laughs> you know, like really at her top. So, just hasn't grown any hair yet. <laughs> oh, just bald. I'm 150. That's what we do now. <laughs> Bitch always had great hair, so. 
<laughs> you gave them yeah. a lot of orders. I'm kind of like, I mean, I guess it's fair. I yeah. mean, Bereth would have been in charge. Well, or I don't, Irvin, either one would have been. I don't want anybody to be like suspicious of what's happening. Obviously, they're going to be suspicious. So if I keep them busy, then they have no time oh, to ask questions. Okay, I nice. see. Okay, I see what you're doing. Nice. So either way, they're going to do what I say, and then they're going to ask questions later. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah, I think um, as they're putting the, uh, do you have new? Is this like a new action figure wardrobe too? Do you have a new well, clothes? Well, when the late, I, I tell them to bring me new robes. Oh, so you're just in robes so now. So before I had like more of a androgynous like. Um, pants, you know, uh, vest, jacket sort of thing going on. And this time they're bringing me like reminiscent of my mother's robes. Oh, yeah. So I've Ooh, now got I like, you know, flowy robes. And they probably like bathe you. You're not covering blood, hopefully. Or are you? Uh, I think that the blood of breath just gets like soaked into my body so almost like when you put like um like lotion on and it just you, the more you rub it in the more it just disintegrates into well, is it body. like discolor you or yeah. something well it's already black oh so it just it kind of goes in and so it just kind of like stains just, like uh sinks into my body and becomes more like glittery if anything mm. or like a drow now or something See, i was thinking it's, no, it's, it's a dark, dark elf it's like a purple elf drow, basically yeah. Is your skin color changed? I'm still this very bronzy color, but if anything, I'd be more like a copper bronzy because the more like, like the I oil get slick. right oil slick oil. kind of like, oh interesting, the more that I get like this glittery tone to me, it's like a very brushed. Metal. So people that, that know you well like will instantly tell like something's different. Yeah, some people will tell, but like it's such a subtle difference that it's you know. Other people that don't know me very well will be like, Everyone else will be like, She looks a little no. shinier today. Yeah, not everybody knows that elves bleed tanning spray. Exactly. <laughs> Serkees is so aesthetically pleasing. I love him. Right, yes, <laughs> I love it. Yes. I think it's really cool. All this magical girl, everything <laughs> happening. Um, so, yeah, I think as they're putting this robe over you dramatically, of course, it falls like whispers down by the, the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when you feel this like uh, magical impulse. It's like, oh, someone is someone's at the the entrance. The door. Someone's at the, the cloud gate. <laughs> I forgot. Someone's at the cloud gate. Yeah. But very much like when they came. Yeah. Free and uh, viscous. Mm-hmm. Where like you're instantly notified. I think you and your spouses Herbin. but now just the one. Mm-hmm. And you, you, yeah, you haven't seen Hervin. And who knows how long it's even been. Since you died. Right. So I So what do you do? Well, uh, I think it's... I think I want to be a little more cautious at this time. So, if anything, I would want to um, uh, call Glint with my mind, you know, like we already have that. And I want Glint to... Uh, he's already, like flying above and I want him to swoop down and just come right in front of the front door. Like a Peter Pan kind of like come in through the window, like the big window thing. I think it's more like come over the tree and like down into the front. And Mm -hmm. so like his big wings just like shoot out and then you have this um, like cloudy, glittery um, cover in front of the front door. 
so that Sir Keys will walk downstairs and then open the door and then Glint will be in front, just like holding this kind of like cloudy barrier. Yeah. And I think uh, as as you're about to, does Glint have like a saddle or do you just, just yeah, okay, I yeah, think so. That makes sense. Saddle. Yeah. So as you're about to like jump up upon Glint's back, um, these elven servants, like just lo- lower elves than you, kind of rush up to you and just like, oh, your grace, these are yours. And any equipment that you might want, like they give all of that to you. And uh, so you have your wand or whatever else you need. Your what was your other thing? Your uh, mimic thing. I have a thing. wand and I have a cloak. Yeah, mimic cloak. They'll yeah, give you that if you want. Cloak. And another one comes up uh, more cautiously and kind of um, hands you, like, uh, you know, is holding gingerly this, um, I guess, like a, a big sword. It's like, would you, would you also like your husband's sword? I will take uh, Bereth's sword with me, and I want to take it, but it... Here's Cloud Swiper. Thank you for Cloud Swiper, and I'm going to put it in a, uh, a like a brown satchel that's um, like where Glint has all of his... Glint, I don't have a saddle, Sarkis doesn't have a saddle, but... There's a, there's a, you know, like a brown satchel around Glint that holds weapons. Oh, sure. And I'm going to put it in Like saddlebag kind of things? Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it in the saddlebag. Yeah. And they probably give you like a belt too. You could attach it to yourself if you want, but you can store it in that nope, very easily. it's going right in the satchel. Yeah. Because I, I would like to give it to somebody. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So. And do you fly off to where the, the cloud gate is? I would definitely hop on to Glint's back and then go right to the cloud gate because I want to see what's going on. Yeah, I think um, maybe you give Glint the command to kind of um, fly off. But is Glint a lady or a boy quail? Glint is a a non-binary quail. Okay, so Glint, uh, they kind of um, do like a circle, like walk around, you know, do like a weird kind of dance almost. And uh, you're almost like... What's happening? You're not following my commands. And then you kind of get the emotion, like maybe mentally, like magically, that, oh, Glint is just so happy that you're back. And then um, kind of puts its face down and like rubs its chin in the dirt, kind of. It's like this. They're just so happy. And then Some, it takes off. Somebody looked up a bunch of quail facts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It just like uh, makes that quail noise that everyone is familiar with. That's the one. Quail. Yep. Does that noise? Quail. <laughs> it's a Pokemon. Quailialialu. No, no, no. It's probably not, not it's, accurate. It's probably that. So loud. Not accurate at all. <laughs> so yeah, I think if you want, we can zoom right ahead to um, you landing in front of Tanha. Tanha is just kind of, um, ooh, maybe she has one of Viscus's hats. And she's kind of just wringing it, like, like very nervous, you know, just holding it like in front of her. Just kind of wait and kind of sees you up there and just maybe takes a step back and uh, waits for you to land. And have you seen Tanha before? Um, 
she came to when she came to the yeah i want to say i did yeah so you've probably seen her once or twice at Mm -hmm. least you were familiar enough with her she's the the half orc half um gnome we said she has like a pig face Mm -hmm. or like a pig nose uh the humans call her piglet yeah yeah so what do you do she's the one who kind of summoned you from the cloud gate okay um well, at this point, if I'm seeing Tanha, then I want to know where um, I want to know where Viscus is, right? So you tell me. Yeah. So what do you say? You're, you're like still on um, Glint. Do you get off? I definitely think that she would land, and um, you know, she's she's Sir Keys is still who she is, and she's still very like. Um, uh, authoritative and masculine presence, but like now she's gained these like very, um, I don't know, welcoming and like like these presences of her mom in the same way. So yeah. like now she's like, you know, so she fi- flies in, lands, and then goes up to Tanha, and you know, there's more of a, like a she's already nervous and wringing her hat. So Ooh, interesting. She, and I feel because of that, maybe you can just almost get the sense like. If it's magically, emotionally, whatever, um, this is a scared child. Basically, this is an adult person, but she's giving the vibes of scared child for right. sure. So then she kind of lands and walks over to her and just has this calming energy and just you know takes the hat and holds her hands and says, "She just starts crying." I need you to tell me where um, Viscus is, and it's very important that you come with me. I really need your help. Oh, awesome, yeah. I think. Uh, I might even like say like you should read her, but I think she just tells you everything, right? Yeah, I think she would te- definitely absolutely tell me. There's everything. no reason for her to not tell you. Yeah. She tells you, you know, um, they they destroyed the whole lab. Um, Viscus, um, he got captured. Um, Malrat too. They took his arm. Um, I don't know what happened to Akram. He, I they might have killed him. I don't know what happened. He was sleepy. Um, they. T- they just took everything. I don't know what happened to Gri. I was trying to go back to see him, but or to see her. Uh, he's she's a mom now, uh, and Gri, uh, he she's been sleeping. I don't know what happened. Um, we talked to a wizard. I had to kill him. It, I'm so sorry. I it just had to be done, and I don't. I just don't. I got the and she kind of just, just she's wearing like a thing like a I guess like a, like a jacket a mm. coat. And she kind of opens it up, and it's just, like, uh, described before, like, just rows and rows of these vials of liquid. And she's like, I brought this for your trees. Tanha, it's extremely important that you come with me. And I want to pick her up and put her on, um, the quill. A beautiful elven woman mm-hmm. just lifting a tiny yeah. gnome. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I love that. I just want her, like... To literally just pick her up and put her on Glint and tell her, hold on, we need to go find the others and immediately go back to the trees. And so at that point, uh, my mission is going to go to find Viscous and Gree and then get everybody back to the trees. Ooh, awesome. Yeah. So um, I want to make you do a roll, but I think... That just all happens. I don't think there's any resistance from that. Um, so I think we want to go back to the dungeon, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> Can I have a cup? A cup. Do it across the... Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. Oh, come on! You didn't even try to talk to me! Ding, ding, ding. Look yeah. Cool. I, and I, I think, uh, to make it even worse, too, uh, I think we're going to go with, with Tane here. Ooh, scary. Tane, you, you've kind of been... Um, you tell me why. It, may, it seems like maybe you wouldn't want to, but why are you going to see Bogram? He's requested you to see you for a while, and now you've decided to. Oh, um... He's requested for a while, and I finally decided because they've finally given me all of the paperwork to let Jorit out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to let Jorit out, and Bogum is down there. I keep calling him Bogum. And so I'm, um, I'm basically saying to 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 Jorit like, like, oh, Jorit, I knew you were innocent the whole time, and I worked, I worked. I worked my tail off to make sure that, honestly, and he like puts his hand on Jorah's shoulder and he's like, honestly, like, everybody knows that you're innocent. And that's why you're free to go. And I'm gonna let everybody know you're a great guy. And he's, he's just like, uh, uh, well, uh, how, how's my bakery been in these several weeks? Do I know that? I mean, it's probably yeah. not been taken care of. It has not been attended to, so you're going to need to get back there because uh, looks like you're going to have a lot less competition. It's like, uh, well, I was keeping those grains. Hopefully they didn't confiscate them, and I can start back to work. Thanks, team. Sounds great. You know what? I really hope that's the case. They probably didn't confiscate them, right? They wouldn't have done that. And Tane thinks to himself. And then <laughs> and then he just straight up gives Jorit to uh, wealth. Ooh, yeah. And he's like, I couldn't possibly do this. And he's like, listen, you've been down here. You and I are friends. Take this. I'm going to take this. Bake a loaf for me, am I right, buddy? It's like, listen, you got a cherry loaf coming, right? It, with your name on it. Oh, cherry. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, maybe a strawberry. No, no, you're good, you're good, yeah, you're good. I All can right. put the worms in it. Oh, you're, oh, oh. Hey, you're good. Anyway, please, do your, do your best. You're a good guy. Just stay out of trouble. These people are doing bad things, and that's the problem. You weren't. Thank you. And he, I think he like legitimately is kind of trying to connect with Jorah on an emotional level of just like, I appreciate that you're not, more so than, Tane views a lot of people as his friends who aren't his friends, who are acquaintances. And he's viewing Jorah as like, these other people who I thought were my friends, who I thought were even family. Um... Who I thought I was close with yeah. were doing crazy things. You are a person who I have an interest in who not only wasn't doing crazy things, you were just trying to get by and follow the law as per the human law and the old dwarven law. And so I appreciate that so much. And yeah, he gives that to him and he's like, um, and he'll just tell him. Are you trying to do a move or? Because he has a reaction. 
Um, it seemed like you were gearing up for a move. I don't know for sure. I could try to give him ancient bedrock wisdom, but that would be like, stay on the straight and narrow. That's boring. Mm, so, yeah. no. No, his, his reaction to you saying that, and especially trying to kind of talk to him on a, an emotional kind of human level, mm-hmm. or dwarven level? Oh you my got god. Mm-hmm. Um, our language. <laughs> no, but on a personal level, he um, takes a step forward and just kisses you. Oh, and he's like, oh. And yeah, he blushes. And he's like, you gotta, oh, you got, you, you got bread to bake, buddy. I got, <laughs> I got, um, oh, oh, buckaroo. Uh, um, anyway, listen, stay away from those, stay away from those, they're, they're bad. Here, just take, just take that, just go. Just, oh, I got a hole. Yeah, so he does the like humana humana humana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does that. I'm like, sad move, probably not. He's he's just like, uh, I'm keep making these like easy, possibly, but yeah, I don't think he's gonna be like, well, let's keep making out. He's just like, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, kind of, yeah, he'll leave. But um, but so, he makes that long walk backwards, looking at the ass. He's like, ooh, oh like, yeah, I'm gonna tap that bread oh, cherry bitch later. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, as as they like let him out, maybe he, um, Jorette kind of takes. You know, you keep seeing, like, he looks over his shoulder back at um, Tane, looks he, again. And he keeps thinking, he's so tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, again, only in comparison to other dwarves. <laughs> it's like, those scabs aren't that bad. Oh, oh they're, they're gone now. Oh, thank mm-hmm. God. Yeah. <laughs> they cleared right up. Oh, it's, it's proactive. <laughs> yeah, proactive. <laughs> he's become so much more proactive. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. so, so that happens, and theoretically, mm-hmm. the ne- Around the next corner is where Bogum Bogum is theoretically, mm-hmm. but before that, of course, is where Viscus is. Oh shit! So so this I've is when you great kind of stop hearing. Him. Okay, I've got great hearing. Yeah, you've probably heard all of that. Oh absolutely. yeah, um, and so you could I the, did the, stop the cup bit. The mouth noise of the kiss too. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, how far can I get my head out of this cell? Your head probably not a lot, but your hands we've said oh, fuck, a lot. Right. You can touch the other on the other hallway. <clears throat> so I'm, no, I'm gonna put both my arms out, and I'm gonna do the hole in the penis bit, and I'm gonna do this. <laughs> oh mate, I see you're not that loyal to anyone, and yells it real loud. Tain and loyalty. No one believes you. I bogum. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bogum. Bogum. You're being so loud. Come I'm on. I'm so sorry. Here's the deal, bogum. Bogum. I don't know if you heard about this, <gasps> but Tain loves kissing. Oh, the dwarves! <laughs> <laughs> Just still doing like the finger. Mm-hmm. And it, um. As I'm sure you're walking by and trying to ignore me at this point. Oh, no, I think he's trying. He's trying to talk to you. Oh, oh, even sweeter. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's like the Hannibal Lecter scene, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna pull my arms back in. Oh, so nice to see you. How are you, Tang? Oh, why are you? You're yelling. <laughs> that guy kissed me. <laughs> oh, he did. But did you stop him? You're right. 
I should have maybe stopped him because I should have stopped you guys from killing those people in that library. Oh, so sex is fine, but murder is a problem. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Fucking viscous, yeah. right? What a dick. <laughs> murder is a problem. <laughs> yeah, it is. Do you know why we did what we did? I saw what you did. No, no, no. Do you know why, Tane? Did you ever ask us why? Because you absolutely wouldn't follow anybody's advice? Yeah, yeah, but why that I could have That I could have gotten you that book? Um, so, yes, so he's gonna, um, actually be serious, because Viscous is never serious. Mm -hmm. And he usually is, like, wearing things on his arms or whatever. He's gonna pull it all the way back and show the disfigurement in his mm -hmm. arm now. Um, and he... What's the disfigurement <clears throat> in your arm, by the way? All of this stuff from the blight. Okay. All that black stuff that had been just originally from, uh, the elf side of him is now all the way up. Okay. Um, and he's fast, surprisingly. So he's gonna like shove it all the way up to your <gasps> face. And he says, This right here. And he's gonna snap his fingers. And it's like the only sparky. Yeah. This right here. Painful as fuck, mate. But let me tell you, let me tell you. This is just me. Half of me. Not even full me, yeah? You know, Sir Keys, yeah? Yeah, Sir Keys. She probably. Has all of this all over by now. Haven't seen her in a week or two. She could be dying. Do you know about the trees? Do you know why we got the book about the trees, right? Any, I can't remember, the Dweamer. Yeah. 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 The Dweamer, Dweamer book. Did you read it, Tane? Did you read what it was about? What was inside the book? Oh. Tainted Dweamers from the next world. You mean the, the pillars? Yeah. Yeah, the pillars of life. You know, like life. Right now, I'm... Um, Dying, mate. So Keys could be dead already. We don't fucking know. Because we all had to go in different directions. Now, the reason why we went to go get that book was so we wouldn't die. But apparently, you haven't read it yet. Here's the problem, Tane. Here's the problem. The humans are... And, I, and he sparks it one more time. The humans are taking our history. They're taking their lives. He's like having a gnome tantrum. Mm -hmm. They took me from a different place entirely that I've never even fucking seen. Okay? The humans, the ones that you're trying to make friends with, are killing us. Or worse, letting us die. And you didn't even take the time to ask us why we were fighting for a simple book. Seems simple enough, yeah? Well, I'll fucking tell you, it's not, brother. It's not simple. Look at me! I'm dying! And he sparks it one last time. Yeah. And he says, you know what? Tane, you're gonna do what you're gonna do. And that's perfectly fine. But realize, the people that you are over here talking about like they're fucking great are not! And he's like yelling. Like he's mm -hmm. never... I, I picture this gnome like ears like... Every now and then just like... Right, yeah. yeah, they're like... Like the dog ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The they're like actually pissed. Oh, oh they're, um, they're not floppy. They're not up their back. Yeah. Oh, back. That's even better. Yeah, yeah like, like a cackles kind of angry cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and he's like, Oof, you yeah. could tell when he's I, sorry, sorry. When, I, when I hit those things, I was like, whoa. And it made a lot I'm, more noise than I thought it would make. I just realized I'm shot really loud. No, but, you're good. but um, <laughs> I will lower the volume. Um, but tank, tank, bro. Here's the thing. Regardless of whether or not those humans decide that I may have killed a few people. And this time he's going back to, like, old Viscus. Yeah, yeah, he's like, oh, no. 
I mean, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I did. I had to end it. I'm so sorry. Look, that's a lot of violence that you probably didn't need in your life. And it looks like it's fine for you. But I'll tell you this. Even if it's just for a few moments, it's a secret, Tane. I'm trusting you. We have an opportunity to at least save the elf lives. The blight itself, which was started by necromancy, which takes life, can be reversed. We found out a way to do it. Now, I'm not going to tell you how, because I don't really trust you right now, mate. But I will tell you this. If you can even hold one human, just one, long enough, you might save their lives, even though I might die. That's all I want to say, mate. Bogabi's coming your way, okay? And he's going to actually, like, do something he never does, and he's going to disengage. Normally, Viscous is on everyone. He's touching everything. And he's not trying to be cruel to you, but mm. he's so hurt right now that he had to tell you, do one thing. Just one thing for me. Just one. And he's going to go into the back of the cell and totally, like, gnomes are known to be small, and like, but they touch everything. Complete opposite. He's gonna um, like fetal position from earlier and just wrap his arms all the way around his body, and that's it. Mm. That's the last thing he's gonna say for that. Uh, were you beguiling him, or did, were you just convinced? Actually, Tame? let's go. You know what? Let's go with a little bit of Beguile, because it is a kind of, like... You're trying to manipulate him, right? Mm -hmm. Manipulate... I'm, yes, convince is more what I would say, but in this particular case, yes. So, plus I have it marked, so why not try yeah, it? Go yeah. for it. Yeah, okay. Oop. Nine plus... Um, no, it's flat, so just nine. nine. Well, were you helping or hindering, team? Oh, yeah, fair. Do you want to believe what he's saying? Or do you... Yeah, let me try. To, let me try to help him out. And my uh, my stuff with viscous is plus three, so oh wow, this is pretty good. Uh, ten. Ten. Yeah, yeah, there we go. So he hit, so he hit the two. ten. Yeah, nice, good. And so, yeah, so what I think want at this point, <laughs> I so, think he says that, and we see him like fade away, like kind of go to sit down in the back of the cell, and the cell is pretty small. It's maybe half of this room only like it's pretty tiny but he's also so small that he kind of like backs up and the light from a torch on the wall we can only barely see him and there's a shot of Tane of like of him nodding and having to kind of shake off what he just heard to before he goes to talk to Bogum and just mechanically on a 10 plus if you do what um, Viscous wishes you get an experience and if you don't do it, Viscous can change one of your highlights, or mm -hmm. erase one of your highlights. So you won't get experience Got gotcha. that. Well, and this is a fun thing, because it's the last game, essentially. So mm -hmm. that'll be interesting if he gets the chance to even do it. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. so, so do I have to do the thing, or do I automatically get the experience point? If you're doing it now. When you do it, you okay. get... So can you just... If you choose to do... If he chooses to do as you wish, mark experience. So oh. you, you want me to hold one human, even if it's one, long enough so they can do the tree thing. That was my intention. So yeah. even if it's like... So in a, kind of let them do the tree thing. Yeah, even if a Tane had to go, um, hold on, can you check one more paper for me? 
even mm-hmm. if it with the intention of well they did ask me to hold a purse <laughs> you know what I mean? okay like, so you see have, what I mean have yeah you know slow, yeah. slow them down slow them down sure put any amount of effort into helping us <laughs> okay that was not I didn't mean it to sound like <laughs> yeah, that but yeah. I meant it more in protection of the covey okay but yes I'm down <laughs> and I think uh, I, I do want to have a scene with a uh, Bogum real fast. I think this mm-hmm. will be pretty quick, theoretically, although they're always <laughs> longer than I think. But so, Bogum is, he's maybe at the end of this hall, of mm-hmm. the dungeon, and he's, he's just like in basically darkness. Just like, against the back wall. And it's just, uh, when he sees you, just a husband. Oh, uh, are you... Are you are are you okay enough? I guess. No time. No time. They're going to kill me. All I wanted was. All I wanted was to make sure to follow our laws and to make sure that the laws were followed, but. Everybody just kept breaking not only not only their laws, but our laws too. I could have gotten them this I could have gotten them the book they wanted. I could have talked to the magistrate. Instead they killed people in the library and instead they And I think he's like we see a close up and he's like crying. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and instead Kotan who had Jorah in, in jail, and he was innocent, and instead he blew, he set off that bomb. Do you know who was killed in that bomb? By that bomb? It's like two soldiers. Two soldiers, a miller, the miller's wife, their daughter, a grain merchant, and he like lists off like four more people that were just innocent people that were killed in that bombing. Yeah. He's like, he's like, that's who died there. And I don't, like, I've read these books, and he takes out the Balamgar, like, the yeah. book, and he's like, like, I've read these things, and I want this to be true. I want these laws to be real. But the way you're doing it, what you wanted, it just wasn't going to happen. You turned your back on this. You're the one who closed this. You didn't even have the book. I kind of shake, looks crestfallen and shakes his head. Yeah, and I think his reaction is, um, Tayum, Kotan didn't kill those people. We, the stonecutters, never would have allowed that. Someone's lying to us. That's not how we do things now. Maybe in the future. But that brought too much eyes on us. That's not something he would have done, and I'm sure he's suffering for it now. But it doesn't matter. You look at these lines of texts and know them inside and out, but you never look up from your books, Tayum. You don't see what's happening outside. The Imperium, these humans, the humans, they don't care about our laws. Their generations happen so fast, one or two, they'll be forgotten. Tayum, I'm lost too. Take that book. Take Belamgar. 
and our history and our laws. Go somewhere else. Find a new mountain. Start again. This will be the beginning of the end for us. And I, I think that this is where I'm going to spend the, um, the improvements. Sure. Um, so it said, one of the improvement that I purchased was gain dwarven nobility and detail a new enclave of dwarves and gain common weal and leading the militia in defense of, for your people. Ooh, does he give you some kind of... And so he, and he says... Like the crown or something? He like says that? like, oh, this is, I think that um, he tells him that the, uh, that the hammer that he has, if I can say that, uh, I'm going to... Give me a second. <laughs> so, uh, Bogum reveals that the deal is like, Tain is the product of this prophecy that um, that there would be a dwarf born of um, a stone, not only not of this mountain, but not of this world or not yeah. of this earth. And so, and on the hammer, like the pommel of the hammer is missing. And the deal is Tain was born out of that. So the Tain and the Hammer, Tain and the Hammer are one thing. Mm-hmm. And the deal is that like... Yeah, because dwarves are made from like weird stocks. Right? Yeah, so usually when dwarves are born, the deal is that two dwarves go out together and they find a stone. And I had said that they don't have nipples. And previous, <laughs> Thank God you brought that up again. Yeah, well, previously I said they don't have belly buttons. They don't have navels. I think they actually do. And the deal is that they essentially bury themselves with the stone between them. And then it essentially forms as an egg and then becomes a child. Like, and when they crawl out of the earth, they have this child that was born out of this egg. So the child is a product of whatever the stone that they found was and the two of them. Mm -hmm. Because Tain is a half dwarf and the stone that they used was this meteor... It was like some kind of weird extra thing where I'm imagining some fucking Cronenberg-esque situation with Tane's human mother. Um, The deal is that he was born of these dwarves from this mountain, a human mother, a human mother, and also this meteoric thing. And if he like looks at himself and he looks at uh, Bogum and he thinks about Catan, who's maybe in the next cell over, like he doesn't look like them. I think Catan's not there. Okay, right. well, he remembers Catan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, I don't look like any of these. I don't look like any other dwarf I've seen. Yeah. And um, it's because the stone that he was born of was this meteor. And he's basically like, um, and Bogum basically tells him, like, you are the prophesized one who's supposed to do this. And uh, he tells him like the stone cutter almost like the secret codes to go back and gather them together and reveal oh, this information cool. yeah and if you're cool with me I think he goes back to gather the stone cutters together and reveal this information and they become this militia for him yeah. um, who like view him as a messiah of a new way of life that they're supposed to live As you're walking out with this new kind of sense of purpose, Dean, mm-hmm. do you let Viscus kind of rot in here? Um, I'm hoping you'll let him out. <laughs> he, 
Yeah, I think he he does feel like more more confident, and he has like the like official Ooh, badge. Actually, do you say do you say anything? Anything to whom? I mean, yeah. yeah. I okay. will say this: he got a really big reveal about his birth, his life. Mm-hmm. He's way less demi-human than he thinks he is. Okay. Yeah. Actually, here let me give you He's let me give you this. Space dwarf. Mm-hmm. Space, <laughs> space dwarf. Yeah. I, I'm not. I don't know why I'm putting so much weight on you. So I think overhearing this, like the guard that's kind of assigned there, we've seen him in shadows, like in the background of these scenes, and he mm-hmm. kind of like uh, he steps forward and he's limping, specifically, and um, we realize it's uh, Captain Kennet. He doesn't have crutches now, but that same guy from the beginning, and he just says, um, yep. "Sorry, I just farted." <laughs> <laughs> no, and then he says, "I'm sorry about that." But Captain Kennet says. Um, one one leaf falls. <laughs> and he kind of goes over. For God. And um, I think he he he's limps over to you, right? And just kind of does some stuff on his uh, like belt or something. And just hands you the key ring. Mm-hmm. And just like. When the first leaf falls from the helix uh, clover, a second helpful. infinity begins. He kind of walks away. He was the only guard here. So do what you want. Okay. I totally forgot that happened. How fucking cool. Yeah. Good job. (laughs) Way to do it. And he... And he looks back. And he has, like, the keys in his hand. And I think we, like, have, like, a close-up on his eyes of, like, ugh. Yeah, I think... Bogum is just like... I'm too far gone, but... Maybe you have other people that can help you more. Just like, oh, free business if you want, basically. Mm-hmm. So you can be free later, I guess, okay. if you want. It depends, yeah. I, I'm not going to force this choice, right? I, we'll, we'll see in a minute, I guess. Uh, yeah. Because now I want to do, um, want to go back to Tanha, um, Sir Keys, Onglint, trying to find Gree, right? Was your plan? I think they wanted to find everybody. I went to find everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So Where was Gree going? Gree went somewhere. Really I just started yeah. walking. Nobody asked. Yeah. <laughs> I just asked just now. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, you, as as a huge troll, you're probably the easiest one to find. Yeah. So, um, whenever you want to find him. Jump in because where where were you headed, Gree? Oh, I was gonna be going toward wherever I should be next for the next scene. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and that's when Glint. <laughs> All right. So then, Hold um, on, can we describe that whatever that scene is for when when Glint shows up? Plus, yeah, don't we'll, forget there's a samurai. Yeah. I mean a ninja. I mean a martial artist. Yeah. <laughs> right. I fucking forgot. Either way. So yeah, um, I'll leave it to to Gree here, Andrew. Um, where are you when this happens? Okay. Um. What was Glint's next uh, plan, I guess? Grease? Grease. Well, so... Grease. I said Glint, yeah. Glint, Glint has her own, their <laughs> yeah, own plan. Yeah, I'm waiting for Grease. Sorry. For Glint to make a plan. I'm so sorry. Well, so the lab is, like, on the outside of the city, right? So, mm-hmm. like, near, near the outskirts. Yeah, of the Enclave, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, yeah. Enclave. Mm-hmm. Um, so one option was to, like, look for Viscous or, like, ask around, like, where is he? Um, the other option was just like go back to the trees 
just go back to the garden and yeah, be like, it's been right. a week, like what, mm-hmm. like maybe Viscous is there, like, um, so I think somewhere around the outskirts of town, maybe, you know, you are kind of flying in or whatever, and one of our, I don't know if we have a map, but, so yeah, outskirts of town near the lab, probably haven't gotten too far maybe when Sir Keys finds us. Okay. Um... So, Glint is flying above and uh, obviously sees just the head, mm-hmm. um, you know, like... Wait, you could tell even through the hat? He's <laughs> <laughs> Sees big. a tiny little hat on a big-ass head, huh. um, you know, walking through the trees and uh, swoops in and maybe cuts off Gree and just kind of mm-hmm. like... You know, like right in front of him to make him stop. Otherwise, he's just probably going to keep going. Uh, if you think he'd stop at the sight of Circe's. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, just going to like swoop in and stop right in front of you. Oh, and I think Tanha jumps off of Glint, almost like leaps off of them and just kind of runs over to Gree and just like oh, clutches onto like your yeah. leg. Mm. It's like. <sighs> And she's like, I thought you were sick. The trees are sick. Where is Viscus? And she kind of looks up at you with like these giant pig and or puppy dog eyes. And she's like, he's... (sighs) They took him. He's in jail. He's in the dungeon. They want everyone. But we have to heal the trees. Turkey's is kind of better now, right? Yeah. So I think I think Greek can see that. And just so they'll look at you and just be like, You are cured already. Um my health paid a price. A very dark price. And I don't want anybody else to have to do the same. In order for us to be able to save humanity and save our world, um, I am very afraid of what we're going to have to do. But if we can find Viscous and we can make our way to the trees, we can work together to find the cure and not let this spread any longer. Then we find him. That's our only choice. So, I think, if anything, we should all get on the back of Glint and go oh, find Viscous. Tanha's, um, she's like, wait, wait, um, hold on, uh, does, uh, Gree, uh, Sir, Madam Sarkees, um, do you, does anyone have, I guess, anything Viscous? Is familiar with or liked or touched or mushrooms so many mushrooms yeah. <laughs> oh do you have like a, one that has like a viscous bite out of it or something <laughs> I, I, yeah and I'm pie totally and, fine with this yes I, you need viscous DNA well I also actually have a literal piece of the lab that I'm carrying around oh right the <laughs> what, what is that I just imagine like a oh that's right yeah, you're, a you're uh-huh <laughs> Yeah, like a plank. Um, yeah. Who's the most magical? I feel 
Maybe, so Tanha has this device from the from the golden age, right? Was that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like, um, I think I can. This is how I got to the to um, your your place, uh, Madame Sarkis. Um, but I don't know exactly how to use it. And she kind of holds it up to Sarkis. Like, do you? All right. <clears throat> you see, you probably see the fingernail. I would probably say it's like a bubble, and it like floats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sure. You like see my nail in there. I oh yeah, she just give you like oh the elven nail, right? Yeah, yeah, the one I ripped. That's how she got to the elven nail. place. Yeah, I now, think at this point it would be time to just tell the truth and just look at Gree and say what uh, nobody has known about this is that we all know that the gnomes mate with everyone. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> and not with Gree. Not yet. Except for the trolls. <laughs> trolls, maybe. <laughs> um our, us elves are very, very particular who we mate with. We only mate with each other for centuries. But my You're my, mated with Viscus. <laughs> my mother. <laughs> Mated. Gaia? <laughs> My mother mated with uh, Viscus's father. And Viscus is my half brother. <laughs> and in order for us to find him, I just need to meditate on this piece for a moment. And she takes the. What is it again? It's an ancient. Artifact. It's it, yeah, an it, ancient art. She takes this ancient like? artifact. I'm thinking just like a, a weird like brass kind of. Yeah, it's like a it's like a dial like sized. Oh yeah. Um, okay. And it's got like a globe in it, but it's a globe of sound. Oh, like the, the whole, glo- golden compass kind yeah, of. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you put something into it, it it's like mm. oh I found silver, cool, and mm. it takes you to the awesome, silver. Yeah. So it's okay. like that. So that being said, um, she would take it. And then, knowing that there's the nail inside of it, she would put her left hand, the afflicted hand that has the black diamonds, on her nails, and um, it would lead us directly to Viscus. Awesome. Oh, it's about to get scurry. Okay, so... Do a custom move on the fly. Um, Can you roll with Effulgent? Okay. So, I'm basically going to do a Remain Serene Under Pressure, or... Under duress, I should say, um, but change it a little bit. But you're you're just raise your effulgent too, right? It's pretty high. It's yeah. the max right yeah. now. So. Oh, plus three. Yeah, Hopefully. so you have see. you have a good chance of this, but it might give you some tough choices if you get a seven to nine. So a six. So actually, if Gree, you're in a pretty good position to help. If if you can help, that'll push you up. Well. You just said you have that big thing. I so. do. I've got a lot of viscous <laughs> mushroom, <laughs> mushroom. Uh, <laughs> memories and things like that. I don't know what kind of magic we're doing. I mean, maybe I could kind of provide magical, physical nourishment to help her stay strong for the magic that she's uh, performing. Sure. Um, I, okay. Yeah, any, any way you think about it, that's fine. 
pretty cool. Yeah. The well, Golden Age is supposed to be like the, the forgotten people before even the elves and stuff. Or it could be just like from the elves and the trolls kind of thing. Hmm. And the dwarves. Those are the three old ones. Well, maybe she starts using it and it's just like visibly weakening mm. on you. And you're like, so then Gree like reaches in like long frog fingers, just like touches you and the machine and just like. suction cup f- fingertip. Yeah. And, okay, he main character. And like part of your like sparkly black magic, like there's now like a green aura. I love this. That swirls in. Really hope you make this happen because <laughs> if it's ex- if it fails, I'm gonna be sad. Am <laughs> I rolling a, a fulgent? Uh, Gnosis, I think with. Oh, uh, Gnosis with Circes. Circes, yeah. Hey, pretty good. Ooh. Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> That's incredible. So you get plus two to that thing that you rolled, which okay. is now a eight. 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 Yeah. So let's see. This is I forgot. This was the move I just made up. So, um, ooh. So you you have to theoretically you have to make a hard choice now, and we're just going to viscous. Uh, Tane, real fast. Did mm-hmm. you free viscous or not? Um, I think he told the other guards um, that. Viscous was on um, like house arrest. Like he had to go back to his lab and work out this stuff, and he's on house arrest. And those guys should make sure that he's like. Wait, I'm sorry. This this is just the climax. Maybe it just this just happens. It's instantaneously. Maybe. Does that is that okay? I don't know what you mean. Like they're gonna appear in his cell. Sure. Maybe. Um, so Tane's leaning in to unlock it, and then. Were you saying yeah. that you that you were telling the guards he was on house arrest, mm-hmm. so you were taking him to his home? Because right, no, I think I, I think I was telling Kenneth. Um, I think Kenneth just left you in the room. Yeah, he's uh, like, I'm gone now. He walked away. Okay. Do, then, do with these keys what you will. Okay. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. Then he would just be telling some other person, other. I think the the yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you were looking for somebody and you couldn't find anybody because. Kenneth was the only person who was mm-hmm. theoretically guarding this. Well, that, which guy's is, not, that guy's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, yeah. he left it to you, right? Mm-hmm. Tane knows this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Tane knows, like... Tane is saying that out loud. He's like, I was the only guard here, and now it's up to you because of some riddle I heard once. Mm-hmm. And that's now... How many people are there? There's a... An elf. Five more. A yeah. quail. Oh, yeah. Uh, forgot the quail. Troll. A, a troll and a martial another artist. human, yeah. And Tanha. And Tanha, yeah. So five other beings kind of show up in this hallway, I guess. In the hallway or in the cell? I like the idea that Tane leans in to unlock the door and then just like right behind Viscus appears like the whole crowd of people. Yeah. And Tane just like, oh. Yeah, I guess I guess really my question is would Tane be setting viscous free or not. So Tained will will say like like oh I guess in the process of searching for all this stuff your lab got pretty messed up. Here's the deal. If you work on going back and curing those things, if you work on going back and making sure that the pillars are are fixed, I'll let you out of here. But that's what you have to do. You and everybody else, you can't just run around like it's... Like you can do whatever you want. 
There are laws. You have to follow those laws. I just want you to go back and, and help people. So we were buddies. I'm gonna go ahead and let you out of here and let you follow those laws. Please, don't make me regret this. And yeah, and he opens the thing up. Cool, yeah, that's what I was looking for. So when he opens it, um, he's still curled up in a ball. He's physically in pain, and he's never been in pain like this before. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he doesn't have any of his tools on him. He doesn't have things that he would normally use. Um, magic is, like, drained out of him. His arms, like, now at his shoulder, he was... Every time he snapped, it was forcing oh, more of it to, nice. like, get worse. Intense. Um, but he, he had to tell him. You know, and, and sometimes that's the only way is to show him. Um, so what he ends up doing um, is unwrapping his, like, arm, um, and he just lets it dangle because if he moves it, it hurts. Um, so he's going to get up, and he's trying to stand at his full height, which is pretty much the... How tall are you? How tall he's is he? He's tall for a dwarf. He's right? tall for a dwarf, but short for a human. Yeah. So I'm 3'9". That's pretty tall for a gnome. So I think what he does um, is he um, steps, the gate is open now, it's like swung over, and he steps over to him, um, and, and he like wants to touch him, but he's like, they're both mad at each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's tense. He wants to do the regular gnome thing, and it's to be like, thank you, okay, but he can't do it. He's hurting. So what happens is he, he knows this sound because he uses it, so all you hear is... And then just, that's when everybody comes. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he looks up at Tane because he's a little bit taller, and he says, "You know what, Tane? I'm grateful because you are saving lives right now. But here's the deal: we need someone to make sure that all the other humans understand what happened. We need a witness." No more hurting people. I promise. And he, like, waves his left arm up. And he's, it's some weird, like, gnomish thing. But he's like, I promise. I won't do it. But, and he's looking at Sir Keys, And she's fucking beautiful. And he's like, <laughs> ah, Sir Key. Great. Ah, he found everybody. And he kind of cries. Like, takes a second to, like, okay. He starts up. And I thought it was going to be lots of witnesses. <laughs> And he kind of gets dazed, like, for a second. Tanha's going to come over and, like, catch him mm-hmm. with her tiny, beautiful orc slash gnome body. Yeah. Oh, you did so good, Tanha, my love. You've even got the files on. She's fucking brilliant. And he's going to uh, he's gonna grab his other, like, pick it up and go, You know what, Tanha? You did a lot of bad stuff recently, but I won't tell anybody. Okay. You need to rip this nail off. <laughs> And he's gonna go, Sekis, maybe. And then he looks at her weird because she, like, he sees something new in her that he's never seen before. Yeah. And he don't know him, Mama. <laughs> he don't know her. So you know something I don't know. It's a whole thing. But anyways, Sekis, can you hold that? And he's gonna look at Tane and he's gonna go, please don't be mad at me. And Tanha's gonna rip off the nail. It's gonna hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah. But he what has do to do it. He's going to shove the nail back in there because it's a new nail. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to go to the tree. So he's, you ready? You, we don't know what's over there. And and, and he's going to go, Tane, don't hate me, okay? 
and he's gonna like start snapping his finger like blood just like oh, he's yeah. he's making his magic work because he believes he has to so do the idea is to just go back to the tree yeah he's All right, cool. that's what he's doing yeah well let me oh, this is gross So Viscous finally has like shoulder blackness happening. Um, he can't control magic at this point. Mm. Um, he can do phantasmagorial things, but that's not going to help with what he needs. So when they show up, he gets as close to the tree as possible because he has a connection that's deeper than he understands. Um, so when he gets there and everyone's kind of like around him, he is kind of losing focus. So what he decides to do is like reach out his hand to Tanha and reach out his hand for Sir Keys, but he's emoting it instead of like asking because he's he needs to focus. Mm -hmm. So what he does, because he can feel new effulgency mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. from Sir Keys, he's gonna um, try to like mind explain what needs to be done while Tanha already knows. Mm. So Tanha's like gonna start transmitting the recipe, right? So Tanha's yeah. gonna—he's just holding them for focus. He's purposely not holding Sarkis with the blighted hand. Mm -hmm. Tanha—he's not worried about because it's not her tree yet. So they're gonna move forward, and the three of them um, are gonna start doing what they need to do with the potions that are around Tanha. And every now and then, he's gonna look up at Green and go, "Hey, hey, 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 hey. like he's—he's he's losing his mind. He's essentially just dying." So um, this this is the end of Viscous. Yeah, basically? he's. Uh, it depends. We got to see what everything else triggers. But um, so he essentially is like trying his best to to help. Um, his fingers keep snapping every now and then. They're mm -hmm. off. Um, Tanha, I think, is scared because she understands what's happening. Serkis, I don't know if she can feel what he's feeling. I don't want to assume their magic is connected in that way. Your siblings. I don't know that. She never told me. Um, so essentially what he's doing is he's trying to get her to understand the magic that he needs. Um, so every time it happens correctly, um, uh, she gets like a, it's like, it's like a puff of her magic. Mm. Like, cool. And then every time it's kind of wrong, it, could, it just like fits is out yeah um, so you so this, magically transmit the I'm cure. trying yeah so at the end there um, he's gonna pass out and what happens happens yeah so but just as the viewer the recipe out as yeah. a viewer we're not sure if he's dead or alive or insane Sir Keys would go to Viscous and the, we're already in front of the tree we're having this moment and, um, you know, people are around obviously, but, uh, I think Sir Keys would have this, um, she would take her final moment and, you know, she's been traveling and battling so her hair has been up. And then she just whips her hair out and it has this magical, beautiful, like, moment of falling down around her shoulders or her body and I want that. Um, you know, wind and breeze to blow through the trees and it sort of creates this like little tunnel of uh, secrecy between Sir Keys and Viscous. And she's going to take Viscous's hand and say, there's something that you need to know. 
you've always known that there's magic inside you, but you never knew why. And the reason is because your mother is my mother. And we were brought here together to save the trees. So in Sir Kiza's mind, if the two of them use their magic together, they will be able to save the trees. So she says to Viscous, your name just doesn't mean some visceral goo. <laughs> you... <laughs> Fucking love her. I love her. You ain't cheese. just goop, baby. <laughs> you ain't just a visceral goo. You that. are, um, you're tenacious. And it also means that you are uh, the truth. So we have to save these trees together and heal them with our magic. That's why we're here. Um, with your knowledge and your creativity and everything that you've done, that's why my mother chose uh, one of your people to be able, because be, the elves are dying, we can't do it by ourselves. So I want to take your hand and hold it, and then I want to touch the tree. And at that moment, we are going to use our magic together. And I think that for that moment, it's very clear that this magic is working. You can see the lights coming up between the trees. You can see all of this like beautiful glittery magic happening. And at for one moment, it's like a burst of light. And we together, focusing on this tree, are able to light it up and make it like gold and glittery and beautiful. And for one second, everything goes clean and we've healed it. And then everything turns black. All the trees are black. So Gree's there. I guess Tanha's probably freaked out, right? Yeah, she's she's doing. So to explain what Tanha's doing, she's setting the vials in certain places. Yeah. Um, there are certain like um, glyphs and things like that that elves use. So she like maybe pours one out in a certain symbol, and and she's getting mm -hmm. around the roots of the tree. Mm -hmm. um, that's her intention. That's her goal. Um, and she's not using magic because that she doesn't need to. But when she's done, um, she comes back to like stabilize viscous. Yeah, as like as the uh, trees turn black. I well, guess, so everyone's she's done all this preparation, and then and this is the result. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like oh, oh no. And I assume you two are both like. I mean, are you unconscious at this I point? I passed out for sure. Do you I, crumble? I think that if if Viscous passes out, um, Sir Keys is in utter shock. Like, literal hysteria of sadness. Well, you're totally wary, right? So at the end of this, you have to go to the, the mm -hmm. new place. At this point, like like I said, I'm hysterical. I'm sad. I'm weeping because I've, I see what the magic has done. And then that's it for me. You're just like, I can't deal with this world anymore. Yeah. You just crumble. I'm, I, everything is black. Things are fading and I'm, that's yeah. it. Like I'm literal ashes. So like when, you know, things, yeah. like, you know, like burn up and then just ash away. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful to, uh, it's like uh, Avengers, right? <laughs> A beautiful black ashy yeah. glittery I like death. Avengers. Yeah, I can see that. So... Yeah. Mr. Stark. So Sir Keys wafts away in the breeze. And Viscous is unconscious, and I think Gree will like peel off several layers of 
skin from different parts of their body and just like drape them like moist blankets over viscous. Um, I love it. And I guess I'm here with also, I think everybody's kind of speechless, but I'm here with the, the martial artist as well. Mm-hmm. And I like to imagine... Juan. Juan. Yeah, I, I like to imagine that everything's black and that everything's just like quiet and like somber. And then Grease sits down and kind of indicates for this Juan to sit too. And then we're just going to like meditate. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe this is like symmetrical with that other series of panels where it's just like time passes mm-hmm. and we're just going to sit here and I kind of, I'm going to say to him like, um, more is at stake than just some lives. And then, so hopefully he understands the breadth of like what is going on and the importance of it. And a few days later, like this, these trees have been like crumbling and Gree stands up and like picks up like a seed from beneath each tree. Mm-hmm. And nice. And then Gree has asks Puan to watch their their chrysalis. Oh man, that's yeah, that's a big ask, right? Uh huh. And hopefully he's at the point where Gree feels comfortable doing that. But um, so he's charged with watching over the proto-troll and Gree is going to leave the enclave and carry these seeds to find new places for them to grow. Um, so Viscus uh, passes out, and um, he we doesn't. Have these blank, these skin blankets that are over here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think Tanha, um, because everybody kind of went their separate way. Um, Tanha uh, kind of like fights off anybody that tries to help, other than you. She loves <laughs> you, but um, I think Reed gets it after a while. He's like, mm-hmm. okay, you got to deal with this. This is a gnome thing. I don't know what is happening. So she's trying to bury me. Um, so she's gonna like drag me all the way back to um, the in the gnome laboratory, and she's like, maybe I can help, maybe I can do something, maybe. Um, all this time, it's keeping my gnome side alive, but the tree's dead. So all of this is starting to crumble. Like I'm literally, I can't live without an appendage that's mm-hmm. being withering away mm-hmm. from the necromancy mm-hmm. so um he wakes up screaming every now and then it's like uh-uh no no this is not working and she's like made a little tourniquet like trying to dra- drag him back so about halfway there um he's like you tonha you gotta stop tonha i can't do this anymore every rock every pebble hurts mm-hmm. um so he's gonna like grab her by the shoulder and like do this weird squeeze that's like trying to like talk to her because hmm. he's yelling in his head but he's really like it's not helping mm-hmm. <laughs> no mm-hmm. it's not so what he decides to do um to kind of give her a last thing um he whispers to her lots of secrets um where he had hell uh oh, oof 
I'm getting emotional. Where oh. he hid the tunnels book for the dwarves. Mm-hmm. Um, where he um, hid all his other like little secret projects that he had been building because that's what gnomes yeah. pass down is their inventions. That's what they give each other. Um, and if no one's going to take him, then I didn't live. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows that he's dying, so he's like whispering all these things to her. Um, but the main thing at the end that he says is, um, life is going to start over again and again and again. Oh, people die, you know. I'm doing it right now. You know, Sakis, can I tell you a secret? And he tells her that it's his sister. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that was very surprising for me. I had no idea. But it was one of the best things that ever happened. And it happened in the last like two hours of my life. <laughs> and he's like really getting emotional. And he says, you know what? Don't know. I think it need, the gnomes need to start over. We got dragged here. We got no purpose in life other than to do what the humans say. So I think any, um, at this point, the disc, the, the gnome invention is way more important to, than, than they both realize. And he says, this can take it places beyond what we normally can do. Usually it's for finding metals, your grace, <laughs> whatever, really. I think you might be able to find a way home if you try hard enough. And he, he like pokes her in the, in the nose, <laughs> the little piglet nose. And he goes, mm-hmm. you're smarter than the rest of us, aren't you? And don't you fucking lie. <laughs> you know that you are. And he, and he thinks back to the tunnels book. And he says, you know what? Humans don't go down there. I think if you try hard enough, you can find a place to work. <laughs> so then um, he, he doesn't get to say anything else. Anything else he thinks he's saying is just delirium. Mm-hmm. Um, and she cries over him and, and he dies. Which, for me, is emotional. But for yeah. her, it's like a kick in the ass. Everything that she's had to do so far has been messenger work. She's been taking notes on life and death and following this crazy motherfucker around. Mm-hmm. But she's seen different races. She's seen different people. Um, she's had to make choices of her own. And now she has no one else to do it. Sir Keys. You know, her entire, uh, the moment of trying to save the trees was so completely um, damaging to her because she really, really thought that using this magic and incorporating her brother into it would actually be able to save the trees and heal everything uh, for the fact that she ended up um, affecting all of the other trees around her. Um, I think that there's almost like an endless black hole of sadness that she walks oh, no. through for a while. And like a purgatory type thing? Right. And like a very like, there's this, um, you know, elven, you know, beautiful like afterlife and then you turn into like, you know, something else. And she just sort of, like, wanders and wanders for, like, what she feels is, or what humans say is, like, centuries, right? So she is just in that black hole of beautiful, like, crystals and stars and, you know, black holes of beauty. 
um, lonely beauty, literally like lonely beauty for thousands and thousands of years. And um, because she did, didn't do what she, what her mother wanted her to do, which was to save the trees. Mm. Um, so I don't necessarily think that Sir Keys gets that, uh, the, the, like the reward, the reward or even like the, the immediate, um, afterlife. I think that for a long time, she's just going to wander into the sadness, um, because oh, she has just destroyed what she believes is her world. And until she finds a new world, she's not going to be able to, to come back for a while. This makes it amazing. better. The she most won- emo ending out of it. So, Circe's is lo- gone for a long time, um, and she eventually sees a little boy running around, um, and it's an elf boy, and she essentially is like, yeah, cool, I'm super lonely. And he's like, God damn it, I've been looking for you this whole fucking time. Why are you fucking me? Why are you so alone? And he's straight up elf. <laughs> because half of his soul is elven. <laughs> so he like, oh, yeah, he like, uh, uh, can you leave? I fucking bought this place. Can we start over now? <laughs> I thought you were going to get there in your first epilogue, but... No, no. <laughs> I, I thought about it and I was like, I totally... That's for a sister. That's just a brother-sister moment. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm fucking bored. This is like a flashback of like some Gree backstory that I never like worked in, which is, mm-hmm. I think at one point we mentioned that Gree had some memory that they didn't like the library. Um, right. And they didn't even necessarily think about why that is. But uh, the reason I came up with is that they kind of had a mentor probably back when this was like the heyday of like this library and like, it's like a super dwarven empire type of stuff. And this... Gree was born in this grove and taken care of by a dwarf who then like what? teach them taught them to read and like took care of them and like it's like a family and Gree was really um really fit in with the dwarves and then of course the humans came in everything started falling apart and now this this library is this memory of like this this mentor who was like probably maybe like fought off some of the humans, like, died in that type of skirmish and type of that thing. So that's some Gree backstory. So if we somehow storyboard that visually to show some of those memories next to Puan, now, you know, this proto-troll hatching and, like, being Uh young, and now there's this new mentor for this new troll coming from the same grove. I love that. That's really cool. That's pretty much like... What's this new troll look like? Is it the same as um, Gree or is it totally different? At first I said that different trolls had different like body parts, but I really like the frog version of the trolls, so... It's an adorable little frog. Yeah, it's like a... It's not easy being green and small. But giant. <laughs> yeah, it's like a this giant toddler frog. Yeah. Like this, literally like a two-foot like mm-hmm. baby mm-hmm. of a of a frog troll. How about that? Maybe the horns are just like nubs. Yeah. Um, oh, and Pawn puts a little hat on it. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. So we see a scene of Tane um, at like some official meeting and he's got 
like uh, Imperium like uniform on, and he has like he now has like a thing that says like Deputy Magistrate, and Cassius is becoming the full magistrate, mm-hmm. and then we see a bomb go off and Cassius and all these other people being killed, and like like everyone's like freaking out, and um, then we see a scene of um like. Tane working with these other dwarves and essentially like writing down this stuff and taking things written in like the common human language and then the dwarven language and he's giving them like information based on these two different things and um, then we see a grave that um, is like actually this like big monument mm-hmm. like to him to Tane? yeah interesting um and then we see 1000 years in the future wow at um New Glendale University <laughs> uh huh community college New Glendale University <laughs> yeah um there's a professor who is speaking at, um, uh, and it's, it, it, there's like a shot and it says like Melos Hall. And there's a professor who's talking and he says like, basically, um, and ev- everybody in there is humans. Mm-hmm. The professor is human. Everybody else is humans. And he says, you know, um, what is the name? Telonus Melos um, was uh, considered in antiquity the lawgiver. He was the person who, he was this figure who set up um, like many of the laws that are, that the community was based on, that the Imperium's, uh, that the second period of the Imperium was based around. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was supposedly based on these people these uh, this mythic idea of this older premise connected to the earth but we don't know he seems to have been from some kind of ethnicity or race that <laughs> they didn't exactly like and so earlier documents suggest that he was perhaps not of like uh, that he was, that he was some race or ethnicity separate from the Imperium. Um, that's hearsay. But later documents say that that's not the case. That he was this, and that he had uh, children, and blah blah blah. And in fact, today, um, the governor of our state claims to be a long lost descendant of him. Um, but the important Jonathan thing, Mulch. Yeah, <laughs> Jonathan Malos. Um, mm. Johannes, they took the dwarf. Yeah, Johannes Melos. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he, I'm trying to Romanize Mulch or Meloch. Yeah, but so like he, the whole idea is that. Um, and then if we can flash back, we see that Tane and this militia of dwarves 
actually worked not to fight against the Imperium, but to try to take the laws that the that the dwarves had and incorporate it into the Imperium. Hmm. But the dwarves as a dying species was the the case. Like that they essentially died out. There were a few folks who interbred with humans, but it was so irregular that um, over time dwarves disappeared the thing that they left was their like system of like very rigid laws and so they the human laws that had been there looked much more in the end like dwarven laws even though they are gone and in fact even tane who had been half dwarf in later histories it became more useful for humans to just say he wasn't that he was a expert on dwarven law mm-hmm. but he was a human Mm-hmm. So, like, even his being human, his being a dwarf, is gone. Yeah, white Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. his white Jesus situation, mm-hmm. yeah. Flash a thousand years in the future, and there's this guy in a class that's teaching about, you know, mulch and tain, and and then you hear... Demi-Humans is a game designed by Robert Bull and is a production of Evil Hat Games. You can find more about them and other games that they've made by following the links in our show notes. Our cast included Marisa as Sir Keys, Eduardo as Viscus, Andrew as Gree, Austin as Tane, and our Demiurge, the Game Master, was David. Our theme music is Oblivion by White Sand. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to the show, and you can follow us on Instagram. And honestly... Tell a friend. It's fun for the whole family. I'm sorry. At some point in my life, I decided that I was going to dress like our old landlord. Not Rogelio, but the guy that we lived... Mad Dog? You mean not Ma- Not Red Dog. Not, not Rogelio, no. Not him. <laughs> not that guy, but the other, like, old Puerto Rican man who, like, always just wore linens. Oh, and I, like, saw him, and he was just wearing that, and I was like, man, that's the fucking best. Yeah. Like, it's so hot all the time, so at some point I just... Bought a bunch of linens. Let me stuff this Brillo mm-hmm. pad in there. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> to make sure that your curly hair is to breathe. Exactly. I don't have a trilby on, so I'm not him. What was that dude's name? Well, I don't know what the fuck you're talking um, about. On that note, I would like to talk about your shirt. And um, if you were a lady, I'd be trying to peek into your boobies right now. Hey, he is one <laughs> button pop away from being my fap tonight, okay? <laughs> you have one button away from just um, curly cleavage everywhere. Curly cleavage. Curly cleavage. <laughs> the name of my next character in whatever game yeah, we play. Damn it, you beat me to it. That's my burlesque name. <laughs> curly cleavage. And the... Uh, I don't know. Downstairs sisters. There you go. I was going to say something exactly like <laughs> What a fucking band. That's amazing. Curly cleavage on the downstairs sisters. Yeah. Hey, I had to wear something very sexy. I was just watching Hillary Duff. <laughs> Tate. Oh, He's, man. He was, he was about to take the shirt and put a robe on. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hillary. Yeah. Yeah. We're lucky he, was, he had enough time to button these buttons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good. Wow, this is my favorite part, and that probably is not ever on there. Never going to hear about it again. Yeah, keep all of that. You will never, ever hear this again. (laughs)